I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Once Upon a Gene, and I am your host, Effie Parks. If you are new here, welcome, and I'm so glad you found the podcast. If you're just beginning this rare disease journey, check out the last episode. I recorded it with my friend Daniel DeFabio, and it's all about the beginning. And we talk about ways that we coped and things that helped us along the way. So if you or someone you know is um, searching or newly diagnosed, definitely check out the last episode, Beginner's Guide to Rare Disease. Daniel DeFabio is one of the founders of the Disorder Channel, and my guest today has been featured on that channel now twice. First, the film about her son's diagnosis with spinal muscular atrophy, SMA. It's called Life and Atrophy, and it's just such a powerful film, and it kind of walks you through the day-to-day of raising a little special guy like that. She was also our first guest on Once Upon a Gene TV, where we talked about tips and tricks to kind of stay sane during large gatherings, parties, holidays. She's so awesome and she's on the rise. She hosts a community called raremamas.com where she shares tips, tools, and inspiration for moms who are raising a child with a rare disease. I wish RareMamas.com was around when I started this, and I'm just so happy she's created this space. Rare is getting louder and louder, and it's just really special to be a small part of it because any any way to make the journey just even a little easier than it was for someone before you is is a gift. And Nikki's doing such an awesome job, and I adore her. So check out her website, raremamas.com. Share it with another rare mom that you know. And yes, I'm so excited to chat with her. So please enjoy my conversation with the rare mama herself, Nikki McIntosh. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the show. Hi, Effie. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yay. I'm so excited to connect with you again. You actually joined Daniel DeFabio, Bo Bigelow, and myself on our very first episode of Once Upon a Gene TV. It's now streaming on the Disorder channel and you need a Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And the first episode, you joined us and it's all about holidays, how they look different for rare families, and you share some really awesome insight and ways to manage this extra layer of stress involved. Thank you. I had so much fun just chatting with you. It's so nice to talk to other rare disease parents who get it, who've been there. And I think that's the whole point, right? To share our experiences to help the next rare disease parent along. Amen. That's definitely our mission, I think, as a core for parents like us, for sure. Nikki, give us a little background on your family and how it thrust you into this world of rare. Sure. My husband and I, Tony, have two sons, Mason and Miles. And 
my younger son, Miles, has a rare degenerative neuromuscular disease called spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA for short. So we were kind of like any other typical family. We were young parents. We had our first son. He was healthy. And we went on to having our second son. And we just felt like something wasn't quite right. Having our first son, we knew the milestones. We knew when they should be happening. And then when they weren't for our second son, Miles, it raised a lot of red flags. And so we started down the path of seeking answers. And unfortunately, we were told that everything was fine. He would get there in his own time. But we just knew something wasn't quite right. So it took about six months uh, to get to a diagnosis. And Miles was diagnosed at about 18 months old. It was devastating to learn our son had a genetic rare disease and mind-blowing to learn that we were carriers of this disease. Like I said, we had an older son. He wasn't affected and it was genetic and no one in our family had ever had this. We had never even heard of it. So we were thrust into this world of digging for answers, trying to find information to take care of our son. And we felt like we were racing the clock because he was diagnosed with a degenerative disease. What was that like finding out that you and your husband were carriers on top of the fact that he was diagnosed with this? You know, I'll be honest, I I feel like I was so naive before um, entering this world of rare disease. I really didn't know as many rare diseases exist. And to learn that we were carriers and these, you know, something was lying in our genes unbeknownst to us was was really shocking. Um, And to learn that for our son's particular disease, one in 50 people are carriers, which is actually quite common. But what makes it rare is two people coming together. And, you know, you feel a level of guilt because you don't know. You're carrying this. You're passing along to your child. And we wrestled around with a lot of those feelings at the beginning. It was a really tough time of just trying to understand, trying to accept, trying to determine how to move forward. And how to live this new way of life, really. I know for me, I kind of went through this point where I really isolated myself from a lot of my friends. Did you go through something similar like that, where maybe you isolated yourself from your friends and family or go through a type of depression on top of it? I can remember at the beginning feeling so weak, so sad that I literally did not want to step outside my home to get the mail for fear someone would ask me what was going on because our friends and family had been following along with us as we were doing all these diagnostic tests for six months. They knew we were we were searching for answers. And, and once we got those, I wasn't ready to talk to anybody about it. And those were really dark days because we were delivered the diagnosis. But then we were told we'd need to meet with the entire team of doctors to really assess where Miles was at specifically and to really understand what he would need. So I went through this period of not really knowing and fully understanding the disease. And it was terrible because like I said, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to answer any questions. I didn't have the answers to those questions. Every question someone raised put more trepidation in me. And so it was a time I feel like we really went inward and kind of closed off to everybody except for our closest and our and the doctors and the team. And that was a really hard period of just feeling like, yeah, that alone and that darkness was the toughest time of my life, to be honest. Yeah, 
I totally connect with you there. And it's funny too, because then there's this other part where you still have to have that happy and you still have to be a mom to your other kiddo and you still have to keep your relationships that are like in the thick of it with you healthy in some way. And so you're kind of dueling, you know, these emotions that you have. I totally agree with that. I can totally relate with that. I remember thinking those exact things. Well, here I am at the hardest, most difficult point in my life, but I got to get up and make breakfast. My kids still need to eat, right? And there they are looking at me with smiling little faces, you know, and just ready to know what we're going to do that day and what we're going to play. And, and so it was, it was kind of walking two roads at the same time, which I still feel like I'm walking those two roads. I just, <laughs> I just, right. <laughs> I just, I guess I didn't know they could exist at the same time. You know, you can, can be going through a really tough time, but then um, still have to find the joy in every day for the sake of your child and for your own well-being. So what changed for you after being in that dark, dark, rare hole? Like, how did you switch your mindset and eventually choose hope over despair? You know, I honestly, I can remember it so clearly. There was a specific point. And I, I guess the reality of it is I kind of got mad, to be honest. I felt like I was told that SMA would rob my son of his strength. And I would slowly have to watch him get weaker. I was also told by some more seasoned SMA moms that would also rob our family of our time, our relationships, our finances, so many other implications that this disease would have on our life. And there was a point I just felt like enough is enough. I'm not going to let it rob us of the best things about life, you know, our time together, our our humor, our, our joy. And we just had to make a really hard decision of how are we going to live this life despite these hard circumstances. And I remember coming to that, that place and my husband and I discussing it and saying, you know, though this is hard and we feel, you know, saddened by what this looks like, we still have to choose hope and make it the best of it. We still have these little great little kids you know, our marriage, our family, our friends, and this life in front of us. And it was a choice. It was definitely a choice we made. I fully believe that. And I think a lot of us have went through something very similar where we were kind of at a crossroads, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't like feeling like this and I have to do something about it. Yes. I didn't like what the other path looked like or what it <laughs> felt like. I totally agree, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to definitely acknowledge that and feel that and go through those things because we've all seen the people who bottle and brood, right? Mm -hmm. And there just has to be a, a time yeah. that you make a choice, yeah. just like you said. And a grieving period is important for sure. And you need that. Totally. You, can't, you can't skip over it. It's going to come out at some point. Yeah. But and I think it comes out every once in a while. It does. You know, different milestones, different things that come up. I mean, I kind of think about future things for Ford and myself, and I'm like, that's going to be one. That's going to be one. Yeah. Yep. Did you find some sort of resource that was helping guide you through this on this new open-minded path of like finding some hope and taking the reins? Was there something like Rare Mamas that helped you or could you not find it? And so you created it yourself? You know, I couldn't find 
it. But what we did find was we're really fortunate that my son's disease does have a foundation that is really forging research forward for my son's disease, really helping with best care practices. We're really lucky in that regard. What I didn't find and what I wanted to create with Rare Mamas was that parent to parent that's been there that can say to you, because don't get me wrong, you need the doctors and you know, and you need all of those expert resources. They're for sure so important and so valuable. But also what I think you need is you need another parent that's been there saying, I know exactly how you're you're feeling. I have had those same feelings and thoughts. And I had to pick myself up and move forward. And I'm no different than you. So if I can do it, you can do it too. And that's what I was really looking for. And also, how how do you live this life? What does it look like? What kind of mindset do I need to take this on? I was looking for those kind of tools. That's what I didn't find. And that's what I so desperately wanted to give to other moms. Yes, I agree. And I'm so glad you're doing this right now because it's something we've all looked for. I know for me, I looked for this exact same thing. And you could find it here and there in Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. But like you said earlier, there was always that mix where it was the doom and gloom, right? right? It was the people who had never moved past it in some way or another that was also just putting another clink in it for you that was dragging you down on one side and forcing you to look at that as a lever kind of thing. And the space that you've created is just so organized and so positive and so so action oriented. So tell us about Rare Mamas and what people should expect from it and what kind of value that you're bringing with your website. I experienced what you experienced also. I went on a couple Facebook groups and when I didn't find the type of positive, hopeful outlooks there, I I quickly shut those doors. And so what I wanted to create in Rare Mamas was a place to find ways to move forward. I wanted this to be very action oriented. For me, that is what helped me move through it was to take action to do. The doing is what helped me heal. Not only did it help my son and help, you know, his care, but it helped me. It gave me something to do with all that angst and anxiety and sadness and confusion. It gave me some place to put it. So I wanted Rare Mamas to be a mix of action, courage, and hope. That's really what it represents. And what that looks like is I, I kind of have four main pillars. One is mindset, helping you understand just the frame of mind you need to be in to take on this your child's rare disease fight and helping us learn that because there's, you know, we're not taught these things, but yet we have to live it every day. Tools and tips from, you know, mothers that have been there, things that have been tried. I, I feel like I've probably run up against every roadblock there was. I feel like everything we tried went south. And so there was a lot of learning in that. And I don't want the next mother to have to go through those same things. I'd love to pass on what I've learned to kind of help the next mother um, move forward quicker. So tools and tips for just daily living. And then inspiration. I think we all need those messages of hope. I feel like my son's story um, has been such a such a story of these obstacles and being told that there was no way that different that this would turn out any differently than 
SMA children's diagnosis and prognosis have in the past, and yet my son's life has been very different than what was expected and what we were told. So that hope, I want to pass on that story of hope. And then um, some laughter and some humor, because we all need it. And I tell you, I almost lost my sense of humor along the way, but been fighting really hard not to. And so I want moms to be able to come in and find a place to um, lighten their heart a little bit as well. So that's my mission with Rare Mamas. It's beautiful. And I I want to stress that this is not a place of toxic positivity either. Nikki's mission isn't about this only being a positive space because you have to be happy to succeed. It's not about that at all. I mean, the words that you used, action, courage, and hope, they're some of my favorite words. And like you said, the satisfaction that you get from doing something, from checking it off your list, from accomplishing the tiniest thing sometimes as a caregiver can really fuel you. Yes. And it's a different kind of positivity, right? Right. I don't feel like it's any kind of Pollyanna kind of, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, this let's all, it's all, you know, rainbows and bunnies. It's, it's, it's choosing that despite, right? It's, it's not being, I'm not naive to everything everybody's going through. It's choosing that positivity despite the hard, hard stuff and talking about the hard stuff, right? Yeah. Talking about the hard stuff and then talking about ways that we can get through it. So what has it done for you personally since starting it? How has Rare Mamas kind of fueled your own fire? You know, it's interesting when you have like a little gut feeling, a little something in your heart there, and you don't know why it's there and what's happening, but you just feel this need, you know, inkling up to help. And you think, you know, maybe I'm crazy to pursue this. I'm a rare disease mom myself. I have absolutely no time. <laughs> Who do I think I am? <laughs> but, you know, you just feel called to to do something for others because you know the feeling you've been there. And it, it, it chokes me up just talking about it, to be honest, because I just remember those feelings so vividly. And I just, I just don't want any mother, other mother to feel that way, you know, to feel alone in the dark. And so for me, helping the next mother along has made me feel like there's some purpose from the pain that I went through and that maybe my son's life, there could be something good that comes out of these hard circumstances. And it just, it also makes me not feel alone. I met so many now amazing other rare disease parents and I see them fighting. I hear the stories and they encourage me to keep going. So it's funny when you set out to sometimes do something for others and it really helps you and enriches your life so much. That's what I felt like so far. I talk about that a lot, maybe sometimes to myself, but the whispers, <laughs> right? The yeah. whispers that you hear, uh, that you know, the purpose that you said, you're supposed to be finding purpose in something and you're yes. hearing about it and it keeps getting in your path one way or another. And if you choose to listen to it, you can't even imagine where it can bring you. It's funny because if I would have thought where my life was going to go, not in a million years could I have guessed this, right? And yet when I look at my past and my history, my experiences and the things I've learned, I feel like almost everything has brought me to this. And now it feels this is exactly what I should be doing. And I absolutely love doing it. And it's funny how I find time because it's something I so wholeheartedly want to do. It's just my passion is on fire for it. I love that you said that you think that your entire life has prepared you for this. I feel that. 
I can tell that, Effie. I can tell it when I listen to your podcast, it really shines through. It really does. Yeah, you don't you don't really necessarily give a lot of thanks to all of the hard stuff that you've maybe went through in your life or the lessons that you've learned until you have to put them into use, right? And yeah. time and time again, and that gets easier and you get stronger and you get more courageous when you use something that happened to you as a building block for the next one. And then it just keeps getting taller. Yeah. You know, I've cried a lot of tears over the years for my son's health and the hard things that he's had to go, had to go through. And though he still has to go through so many of them, I think I've gotten stronger and those tears have, you know, subsided. But now I, I, what makes me weep more than anything is hearing these stories of these, of these mothers and what they're going through. And, and when they say, you know, um, that something helped them, it it makes me weep. And I just feel like, okay, this is worth it. This is <laughs> totally, you know, this is so worth it. Totally. I could have really used Rare Mamas a couple of years ago, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have started it sooner. Right? <laughs> I could have used your no. podcast too. <laughs> it's happening just when it's supposed to. Yeah. Can you give us some of your like top three mantras or your nuggets of wisdom that you have for yourself or that you really find as a common thread that mamas reach out to you for? I feel like my whole mantra, if I have to hone it down into two words, it's courage and hope. That is and maybe a little bit of uh, tough love. <laughs> but courage and hope are my mantras. I feel like for hope, you know, it's choice and I'm choosing it because I feel like hope can change outcomes. It can change your actions, what you pursue if you're hopeful, right? My son, we pursued an avenue for him that had we followed the advice we got that there was nothing we could do, we wouldn't have pursued. But that hope, that little inkling made us pursue something and it changed the course of his disease. And his health is in such a better place because of it. And so I feel like my whole mantra is choosing hope because it can change outcomes. And also the other thing that can change is us. It changes us. It changes something within us as human beings. And that's important. We need that during these hard times. And courage, you know, just taking action regardless of feeling fearful. That's what is needed on this journey. There's going to be so many things that come up that are fear inducing and we're just going to have to choose action. And every time we do, it's going to grow our courage. So I'm screaming courage and hope from the rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody should just click that little back arrow on the podcast two times so they can listen to that part again. <laughs> Really breaking down and not just using the buzzwords of courage and hope and how you put that is just really beautiful. And I think that's going to inspire a lot of thought in some people listening. Good. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, Nikki, tell everyone where they can find you and your film and anything else they need to know. Yeah. So you can find all my writing at raremamas.com. I'm serving up two blog posts a month and there's a newsletter you can subscribe to, to receive um, the blog straight to your inbox. And I'm also on social media at rare underscore mamas. And that's M-A-M-A-S. And on Facebook at rare mamas. Awesome. And you also have a film on the disorder channel. 
Yes. So um, there is a film called Life and Atrophy, and it's all about my son's journey. And it's on the Disorder Channel. It's a great film by a really talented director. And it was really an honor to be a part of it. So check that out as well. Yes, check it out. You get to see both of the boys and they're so ridiculously cute. I love oh, that film you. so much. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Nikki. I'm so happy to be connected with you and to have you as another rare mama <laughs> in my collection. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it's just so nice to come and talk with you and, you know, to meet another like-minded rare mama. I appreciate you and all that you're doing. Same, girl, same. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people. And please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.